0: Welcome to Vision Sunday. Uh, if this is your first time, we're certainly excited to have you. Um, if this is, thanks, Chow. Chow is the man. Give it, a, give it up for Chow, y'all. Looking out. Yeah, man. So does anyone know or have any nosy friends or family members? They just, we all do, right, Abu? Like They just want to know everything. Everything about everything. Like, what's going on next week? Where are you guys gonna take your summer vacation in 2025? And, like, dude, it's only 2017. I have no idea where I'm going tomorrow, you know? Uh, they, they wanna know how much money you got and all this stuff. What are you talking about? You're trying to whisper around them Hey, what are you talking about? There's a reason that I'm whispering, there's a, a reason that I'm being rude around you. I don't want you to hear. They just want to know everything, everything. And You know, it's not a bad thing to want to know. It's not a bad thing to, I guess, to be nosy. Um, I believe that an unguarded strength is a double weakness. Um, I, I think nosiness can at times be a weakness. But I also think if you, if you, if you guide it in the right way, to, to want to know, to, to be inquisitive is actually a strength. Um, I think the question is, though, is what do we spend most of our time wanting to know? Like, what do we spend most of our days curious about? What do we spend most of our time uh, wanting to know as far as life is concerned? Be it your business, be be it your finances, your health. Like, what do we spend... Say seventy to eighty-five percent of our time, just wanting to know, just are, are, are wishing or hoping that we knew. Like, will this opportunity actually work, or is this relationship gonna work? And those aren't necessarily bad things. I just think that a lot of times we get uh, the priority of our curiosity out of order. I think a lot of times what we want to know. Uh, or what we seek to know is actually a detriment to our forward-moving progress instead of playing uh, into it. And so what I want to do today is I want to focus our desire to know on something much more important than, than, than anything that earth has to offer here, something much more important. The question is, what do I spend most of my time wanting to know? What does your heart desire to know? The question, I guess, I can rephrase it, is, what do you ultimately long for in the future? The future can be tomorrow, it can be Wednesday, it can be next year. What does your heart long to know? What, what do you long? What area of your life? Where do you long for clarity? And uh, God wants to give you clarity today. Uh, with that being said, I, I believe that God longs to give you vision. God wants to give you vision. Now, what I need today as preacher and as pastor is I need you to be responsive, not in the sense of amen or clapping me down or anything like that, but I need you to really open up today. I I need us to get out of American culture thinking. I need us to get out of this mindset of predictability. Like, I know you know what you're going to do tomorrow. You're going to go to work. Are you going to be off? You're going to go to D.C. You're going to go to Rockville. You're going to have lunch at Panera going to go to Starbucks. I, I get all that. That's easy. God, God is like, that doesn't impress me. That doesn't impress me at all. I knew it before I created the world, what you would be doing on May the 1st at 9:18 a.m. But what I want to do is much more powerful than, you know, support you and what you already know. I actually want to give you something that you haven't yet Imagine or are foreseen quite yet. Um, God longs to give you vision, both short-term and long-term vision. He wants to give you vision for the next quarter of your life. God has three-month vision. We were at our staff advance this past uh, weekend all the way till Tuesday. I took my core team up to uh, Somerset County, Pennsylvania, Central City, or whatever they call it. I felt abandoned and alone and lost, Um, out of place of sorts. And uh, the place where they hang out there on Friday nights is Walmart. So if you're going to get fly and spiffy, you're going to Walmart Um, or Cucumber Falls. Um, But it was beautiful. The weather was great. It was rainy. But um, I was talking to my team about uh, assets And expectations. And I asked them to to do this, and you may want to write this in your notes. You don't have to do it now. But if you have time today after after church or sometimes when you're sitting down, write out where you'd like to be in three years. Every area, your finances, your uh, educational level, write it out. If you're a leader, where do you see yourself in leadership in three years? Your marriage? Do you see children? Um, School, PhD, master's, whatever your deal is, write it out. Write it out. Take your time and do that. I'd encourage you to do it. Some people have the strength of futuristic. Others don't. But you can pray for vision. You can pray for futuristic strength. Um, Write it out write it out, three years. Then I told them about God gives us three things, our three greatest assets, kind of giving you some inside scoop. So you see the pictures, but man, it was blades cutting and bleeding, and I was convicting the team, and we got to do better at this, and we got to get this right, and we're smiling in the pictures, but but the the content that we dealt with was real good. I said that in order to get to that three-year expectation, you're going to have to budget, or invest these things properly. Now, God gives us three amazing gifts outside of our salvation that he expects for you to steward well. One are people. Number one is people. One of God's greatest gifts to you is people. Whenever God seeks to take you up a notch, be it in your education or your perspective or... Uh, your network, what God does is he sends people into your life. Whenever God is seeking to deliver you from something, be it an addiction or proclivity or an unhealthy relationship or an illness, it needs to be physical contact. So you can pray all you want, but God uses people to lift you up. James says that When you are sick, go to the elders, they shall lay hands. This is Jesus's brother. Now, I think we would want to listen. James says, when you are sick, go to the elders of the church, that they would lay hands on you and you would receive healing. Because you can pray to God, but it takes physical contact. God wants to work through broken vessels in your life to lift you up. So people, I said how you invest into people matters. So for our leaders, we now understand that it's not just about setting up monitors and getting Pastor's Mic together and setting up Pipe and drape, we, we simply can't forget that our superheroes are people. And everyone comes to church looking for hope. Everyone has needs. And if you're a leader at this church, one thing that I would hope you would do is in between all the work, I pray that you would have a real conversation with someone. I pray that you would stop and say, hey, I know we're setting up production, but can I pray for you today? How are your children? How are your kids? Take an interest in people. Spend time with people. Learn their vision. Support their vision. The Bible says if you have nothing to say that concerns encouragement, don't even say it. So learn how to build people up. Go two hours. Go spend time with a person. Do it consistently. And I'm going to tell you the return in your life. You're going to get people to follow you anywhere. I'm just, I know this is practical, but I just think in America, we've become so myopic. Like, I'm going to go to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'm going to go to a movie. I'm going to go eat. I'm going to be ticked off after Sunday for church because I got to go back to work on Monday. Where in that equation have you opened up your heart to pour into people outside of your own interest? People. people. There a few things about people. They're created in the image of God. God has given us his ruach. The word in the Hebrew is his breath. He breathed his living, his spirit into us and we became a living soul. You're created in, in, in the image of God, meaning that you have the character of God on the inside of you. There's nothing worth more in the world than a human being. How are you investing into people? And not just, hey, girl, I haven't seen you in a month. Let's hang out. That's shallow. That that girl is struggling with a billion things, and you've been coming to a powerful church. Your life has been getting changed, and all you're going to do is just go have ice cream and keep it surface with her? She needs you to lead her somewhere so that, in the years to come, people. Then we talked about time. Time, time. I said, hey, look, write out. I'm going to have to skip a lot of notes because I'm wasting a lot of time on this. I said, write out the next three years of your life. Where would you like to be? Now, the second greatest asset behind people is your time. Your time is valuable. Time is the only commodity that that God gives for free that when it's gone, we don't get it back. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a doctor. I'm 20 years old. I want to be a doctor. 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 I'm 25. Hey man, how you doing? I want to be a doctor. I want to be a doctor. I want. I'm 30. Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, I want to be a doctor. I'm 40. I want. I want. I'm 80. I want to be a doctor. I should have been a doctor. God, Lee, man, you done wasted 80 years wanting to be something because you never wrote the vision and reversed engineered it. And said, you know what, this is where I see myself in five years. You, you wish, but you didn't get to work time. So I was telling the, the core team that the more busy we, we get, there's more of a need to be intentional about our calendars. So write out, then I said, write out the next quarter, all summer. Now back it up, fill it up every hour. You got to do month by month, week by week, day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute. It has to be that, it has to be that detail. The Bible says that um, the man that, uh, the man that plows in the wrong season is lazy during harvest time. God, let me teach you something. I got to get into this, but let me, let me stay here for a second. The, God set seasons upon the earth. We know this winter Fall, spring, summer. And it's the same thing in a spiritual sense. There's a time to sow. There's a time to reap. It's a universal law that God placed in the earth. Galatians 6, 9 will tell you that. Whatsoever you sow, that shall you reap. Okay? So Proverbs says that he is lazy who plows in the wrong season. He's not going to have the strength to receive the harvest, what God wants to give him. Come to find out that laziness isn't just lack of work. It's not just wanting to do nothing. Laziness sometimes is bad stewardship of our timing. And there are seasons where God wants to bring increase into your life, but because you worked in the wrong season, you have no energy to receive the harvest that God has for you in the right season. What is that? That's, that's bad stewardship of our calendar. God can't give you long-term vision if he can't trust you with a calendar. God wants to give you long-term vision. I haven't read my Bible, Pastor. I haven't been to church. That's okay. He has a, he has a vision for your life, and he wants to give it to you. A vision of leadership. You, you are a leader. You know, leadership is defined as influence. Each and every person in this room has the power to alter someone's decision-making, even if it's from ribs to a burger. You've just exercised leadership over someone. God wants to give you an accelerated vision of leadership. You're not just an employee. Well, I'm not the manager. Lead from the bottom up. You, God wants to give you a vision of prosperity. He wants to give you a vision where there is no more debt in your life. He wants to give you a vision. No matter who you are, God has a vision for your life. He's calling you to live a greater life. What I want to speak today, this is kind of like two sermons in one. We're going to be out on time. I want to speak on the subject of receive the vision. I want to talk about three ways to receive vision from God, divine vision from the Lord. Number one, we're just going to jump right into it. Pray. Pray. Matthew 6, 9 through 10 says this. Jesus told his disciples, they asked him, how do we pray? Jesus said this, pray like this. Our father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do we pray? Now, when you read the Lord's Prayer, and it's in Matthew 6, I got my teaching cap on today. Is that fine? Cool. We, we did it last week for baptisms. I, I thought it was effective. Um, man, I was listening to that sermon yesterday. I'm like, oh, boy, you said that? <laughs> Put a feather in my now. It's all, all glory to God. All, glo- all glory to God. Um, but it was amazing, man. Anyway, um, it was more of a teaching on the Holy Spirit than baptism. But um, so, yeah, pray. The, the Lord's Prayer is in Matthew chapter 6. If you would read it whenever you do understand that the Lord's prayer is a blueprint for your prayer life. So you don't just take the Lord's prayer and repeat it to him every day. uh, Jesus says that God doesn't answer to repetition. What he's trying to do is give us a blueprint. So number one, we recognize that God is holy. The word holy means set apart. It means perfect. He, he is on the throne in heaven. So you, you approach him, God, you're in heaven. I'm on earth. Um, A lot of times on Mondays, I'll get up in the morning and I'll ask Kyra, like, what's on your agenda? What do you want to do? Because she she always has a plan for us on Mondays. Um, I'm usually winging it. I don't have much to do. I'm I'm going through what's called the preacher, the, the Monday morning blues is what they call it. Preachers deal with this all the time on Monday mornings for whatever reason. You're just in a state of just depression, like people just got saved you know, lives were just changed. And for whatever reason, preachers deal with this thing called the Monday blues. So a lot of times I ask her, so what's on our agenda today? I know what I want to do. I want to sleep. But what do you want to do? Typically, she'll have different things to do. So we're having a dialogue. And what I'm doing in that moment is I'm exchanging what I want to do for what she wants to do. The word prayer in the Greek is defined as such. Prayer is a dialogue between humans, and God, you and the Lord. And in the Greek, we define it as you're exchanging your human wishes for the will of God as he imparts faith into your heart. So in times of prayer, what you do is you come to God. You are in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. How do I receive vision from God? Short-term and long-term vision. I come to God with a heart where I, hey, I want to know what you want. I want to know what you want from me. I want to know what you want to do through me. I want to know what you want to do in me. Your kingdom come. Don't stay up there. Come now. What Jesus is saying is is this. We don't have to wait until we die to experience heaven. We, We don't have to wait till we die to experience heaven. Heaven is not just Sunday at the Redskins game. Heaven is not just Saturday at the Nationals game. Heaven is not just watching the the, the highlights and watching the Wizards advance to the second round in the first time in decades. Heaven is not just the, 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 the fun that we experience here. Heaven can be experienced every single second of your life. Every single second. Your kingdom come, your will be done. So when I pray, watch this. When I pray, I can ask God to heal me. I can ask God to save my soul. Jesus, I believe in you. Come into my heart. I can ask God to provide for my needs. And guess what God is going to do? He's going to heal you because he's a loving, faithful God. He's going to save you from your situation, and he's going to provide for you. But you know what God can't do with those prayers? He cannot give you a vision. Why? Because those prayers are all about you. So so what what do we continue to pray? Provide for me. Heal me. Save me. Save my family. He wants to honor those things. But we limit God when our prayers are, are about us because God wants to do much more than just do things for us. He wants to do amazing things through us. And whenever we say your kingdom come, we've become prime candidates for vision. Whenever we say, Lord, give us what breaks your heart. Impart into us the burdens you have for this city, this neighborhood, this business. How can you be glorified? How can you be glorified? Do, do we need to reach the drunkards? Do we need to reach the, the children that don't eat at night? Do we need to clothe the babies? Do, we, what, do you need me to start a nonprofit one day that's going to shelter people? Do you need me to start a, a counseling practice that's going to counsel politicians one day? Do you need me to start a practice that's going to counsel CEOs because the suicide rate, you want to you go to the top. Is, is, is it all about money for you? Is it all about money for you? Because if it is, and if it's not about God, it's a lonely place up there. Or, or, or you can be the person that prays for a vision that serves those that have everything, but they don't have nothing at all. Your, your kingdom come. Jesus said in Luke 4, he says, the Lord has anointed me to open blind eyes, to heal the sick, to set the captives free. So I'm looking at Luke 4, and I said, I want a vision from God. Lord, anoint me to open blind eyes, to set captives free. Anoint me, Jesus, send me. I prayed it for years. prayed it for years. And now I got vision. And the vision is... The vision is eternal, man. Like, it's going to go on and on and on. And guess what I do with it? It's, it's like a 50, 60-year vision. I'm going to do this to the day I die. It's so much fun. And you can, too. I, I told my, 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 my team the other day, I said, I don't see 100 people in here. I see 100 staff members at our church. This is just a start. You, you, you haven't even envisioned that. You, you haven't even contemplated being on staff at a church, have you? I just, I just put vision into your heart. Why? Because the world needs his kingdom to come and his will to be done. Pray, 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 pray. Every morning, if you got to deal with yourself, then ask God, what do you want from me? I want your vision. God can speak to a person who wants what he wants. It's so easy in American culture to get caught up in this. Yes, I'm a Christian. It's fun. It's creative. It's hip. We're the new generation. But to not have any substance behind your faith. It's so easy. But God wants to glorify himself through you. Number two, I'd say live by faith. Live by faith. You want to receive vision from God? Live by faith. Man, it seemed like just so long ago, but not really. I'll say in about three weeks, it will be a year since the original team that moved for Highlight Church moved here to Gaithersburg. Yep, that's exciting. We can, we can clap. We've done some great things in less than a year. I mean, just talking to the moving team, not to separate it. Can y'all believe we moved over, over almost 700 people came to that helicopter egg drop? That was crazy. That was crazy. Someone even said, you guys are less than six months old. How long have you been doing this? We're six months old. It's amazing. It's something to be proud of. You're a part of that. You're a part of that. You're a part of that. I won't let the devil uh, take away the excitement of that. Nine adults and two children. No connections. And I mean, we, we prayed and we strategized and we fasted and we put thousands of dollars into it. And We came up here. I I remember we moved in May, and three weeks later, we had our first interest meeting on June 25th. Nine adults, two kids. (laughs) (laughs) I I was going to have items up here. I'm never prepared to give you all these illustrations, but we had our black Ikea chairs. If you were with us in those days, you know about them. Uh, We had uh, wooden blocks with black PVC. We painted it black PVC pipe. We put light bulbs through it. And then uh, it was this table was the table. I, pre- I didn't preach from this table. Our 42-inch TV was on this table in our interest meeting. We rented out the Boer Park Activity Center rooms in Gaithersburg. I had Chow do that for about three weeks. Chow was hustling. So this is the thing about leadership. If you have a vision and you're leading something, you're starting something, and you got people that have said yes to your vision, even if it's early in the process and the only thing that they have to do is print out papers at work, give them that task. Yeah. Give them something to do. People need something to do when they're following you. So, Chow rented out the facility, room C in the back. <laughs> and we put out videos on Facebook. Chow's on there, I'm on there. Uh, everyone. Cairo went to Rio and shot on the top floor. And, all right, put it out on Facebook, Instagram. And it's the first interest meeting. The time is now. June 25th. We knew one soul coming into the the city. Our realtor. June 25th comes. We're setting up with pride. We're uh, crates. Crates are now in the kids room. They've been promoted. They're not up here. Uh, uh, Yeah. We set out 20 Ikea chairs. We pray and we wait. Playing music. And... um, Five people show up, five, five people show up, five people show up. And it's like, all right, we're on. We're we're, we're starting. You know, it's, it's. It's small, but it's good. Zechariah four says this. Dis, don't despise the day of small beginnings for the Lord is pleased to see the work began. I think that's the problem with this generation. We don't understand how to steward and be appreciative in the small. Therefore, heaven doesn't know how to pass anything on to us that's larger than where we are. And then out of those first five people, two committed. One had to go back to school, so he, he hasn't had the chance to be with us. One, the other one committed. She's in and out. Courtney, she's one of those, and the other three. I don't know. But then week two, I think nine people showed up. Steph Stanley showed up. Brianna... Yeah, Steph, Brianna showed up. Give it up for Bree. I didn't know how to deal with Bree. She was just sitting there like. Now, her sister was stoked. I'm like, yeah, we got a sister. I don't know about her. But um, no, it was actually the other way around. In that third interest meeting, nobody came. I was like, all right. But, you know, we, we were living by faith. Five people. We were vulnerable, and God loved it. I love when I send my kids to do something, knowing that they're going to need my help to do it. They're going to need my help. L- living by faith, stepping out on what you don't see, but what you know that God has placed on the inside of your heart. Living, living by faith. So there's a saving faith where I give my heart to Jesus. Then there's all this stuff that I hear the preacher preaching about what God wants to do and The Bible showing me all these magnificent things that Jesus did when he was on the earth. There's like, there's a stuff that I want to experience. I want to be a part of. I want to, but I don't see it. But I'm, I'm called to step out on faith because faith itself, the Bible describes, the Bible defines faith as the evidence of things not seen. So the fact that you have faith actually means it does exist. You just have to continue to live and walk and step in faith. And God has given you vision for something greater. It's the reason you're still awake. Because there's something greater. You see it, but you don't see it. You see it, but this is, you see that. You see the greatness, but what you see in your eyes doesn't line up with what he's shown you in your soul and in your spirit. The key is to walk towards that thing by faith. You see it. You're seeing it now. You see you next year. You see you in three years. You see you in five years. You see you. You see it. Even as I'm preaching, you see it. You see it. Because there is a day where I saw this. There is a day where I saw the egg drop. There is a day when I saw our baptisms. Now, what do I see? I see hundreds. I see thousands. I see cities. I see campuses. I see locations. I see it, but I don't see it. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we live by believing, not by seeing. You have to live by believing. It's the reason why you can't undermine your supervisors right now. It's the reason why you have to honor where you are. It's the reason why you have to grow where you are. I know there's a problem. I know there's an issue. I know you're sick, but you can't see what you see. You have to see what you believe. And what you believe will become tangible. We don't live by that. Paul was talking to the Corinthian church because they were so distracted by this fashion and this sound and this place and this trip and this extravaganza and this and this. And Paul said, the reason why you continue to go in circles is because you're living horizontally. You're living from this place and this place. You're not allowing God to guide you in in a belief system that only comes from heaven. You're not allowing God to download vision that comes from heaven. This is all you see. This is all you see. But until you allow God to download vision, you you will always want in circles, you will never elevate to where God has actually called you to be. Amen. Believe. You gotta you gotta see it. If you can calculate it, if you can measure it, if you can if you can describe it, if, if you can if you know every detail about tomorrow, about the next two years, if, if you can do all these things. There's no room for God to give you vision. If, if you have it all, if you're going to be a millionaire in a year, there's no need for God. What if you're not a millionaire in a year? What if he wants to do it in six months? What if he wants to do it in two years? There's no room for faith in that. But there is room for anger, bitterness, destruction. Faith, faith. When you admit, I don't know where, when, or how, but I know you're calling me to something. You're a perfect candidate for a God-given vision. As a team, we stepped out on what we believed we saw. What we believed we saw, not what we saw. Because for a whole year, what we saw was a living room in a table about three times this big, it was a circle, and, and a TV up on our wall in a living room. It was seven people. We, we believed what we saw, not what we actually saw. Hebrews eleven five 5 through 6 says this. The message says, by an act of faith, watch this. Enoch skipped death completely. The word is rapture. He was taken up into heaven. And it says here, they looked all over and couldn't find him because God had taken him. We know on the basis of reliable testimony that before he was taken, he pleased God. It's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists. And that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. Enoch, read Genesis. This is when, when people used to live 700, 800, 900 years. He lived during the primitive years of human existence. And the Bible And this is all we really know about Enoch. The Bible says that he pleased God so much by his faith. The word there is persuasion. He was persuaded so much by what God could do. That God said, I have vision for you. But the earth can't contain it. What I want to show you, I can't show you on the earth, so I have to rapture you up. And the Bible says that we please God when we live by faith because, number one, we show that he exists, and number two, it shows that we trust him enough that he cares about us. He wants to give you a vision when you live by faith. The vision that God wants to give is wrapped up in the life of faith that he's calling you to live. So you say yes to Jesus, and then you walk with him. You walk with him. You walk with him. Prime candidate. Number three, obey. Obey. You want to receive vision? You live a life of obedience. Obedience. Uh, I remember in elementary school, um, there was this place called the Teacher's Lounge. <laughs> and at my school, only fifth graders could go into the teacher's lounge. And I won't lie, I, I was a pretty good kid. I was pretty, I was the kid that would give my teacher an apple ever so often. I was, I was that kid. I was always quiet when it was time to be quiet. And uh, my teacher, she always said, my first grade teacher, she always said, um, if you follow the rules, there is always a reward for the rules that you follow. If you follow the rules, you'll, you'll be able to see things that others can't see. That others don't have the the privilege of seeing if you follow the rules. And so I was everyone quiet, you know, she do the, the fingers and get our attention and I'll be the first one. <laughs> everyone line up, I'll be the first one in line, and oftentimes I was able to lead the line. One day, I think it was like spring of my first great year, near towards the end, one day she said, Joshua, could you come to my desk? We were coloring or something. I said, sure. Came to her desk and she said, um, Take this slip of paper, go to room A21. And Miss Smith is taking her lunch in there. She knows what to get me. So I said, oh, Okay, th- thanks. I think it was Miss Jones or Miss Williams or something, one of those simple American names, whatever. We'll say Miss Jones. And so I take my paper, I leave. A21. It's the teacher's lounge. (laughs) And, man, you see, like, Snicker bars and Frito-Lays and Cheetos and Doritos and Fritos and I ran out of O's. You see all this Kit Kats and you look over, you see a fridge with a big old Coca-Cola symbol on it. You see... Hawaiian punch and coke and nothing that I could afford. But, and then Mrs. Smith sitting having lunch. And I'm like, this is the teacher's lounge. And Miss Smith takes the note. She ends up getting the things that Miss Jones wants. And she buys me a pack of peanut M&Ms. And I went back and I told my, my friends after school that day, I said, man, you won't ever imagine. I went to the teacher's lounge. They said, only fifth graders go there. Wow. I say, yeah, I know I made history. Because <laughs> when you obey, you get to see things that others can't see. When you when you obey, you get to see things. Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 6 says this. It says, if you fully obey the Lord, the word obey means to follow, okay? your God, and carefully keep all his commands, the word of God, that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations in the world. So what is he doing? He's giving him an instruction, but he's also, Moses is giving the children of Israel an instruction. They're in the wilderness, but he's also painting a vision of the future for them. And he's telling them how to receive, not just the vision, but the fulfillment of this vision. If you want to be at top, fully obey the Lord and allow that to pervade in every area of your life. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. The word blessing is associated with happiness, true happiness. And he says here, your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your money, your finances, your resource, your relationships, where you go to work will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. But you can only receive this vision through obedience. And there are some areas in our lives, where we're not fully following God. And it's because of that, we we haven't received the vision of God in that area for our lives. And if we haven't received the vision of God in that area, we certainly won't receive the fulfillment. And I'm not just talking about black and white sins. For some of us, God has been calling you to read your Bible for the past two months, like at least 15 minutes a day. And you're, you're running in circles in your faith. You, we ask ourselves, why am I running on fumes? Because God hasn't spoken to you. Well, I, I get it on Sunday. No, you don't. You get an interpretation of my word on Sunday through a broken man. But if you read, follow and obey this, these blessings can become tangible. I'm going to small group. That's cool. But, man, you got like 10 men in your group, all of them talking crazy stuff. But when I speak to you, it's me and you, unfiltered. And and so then when you read, like, the sun stood still for Joshua and and David, 1 Chronicles 12. Oh, my God, his military army. This man went from being a shepherd of sheep to, like, leading an army of hundred thousand fifteen years later when you like that's vision I'm I'm serving where I'm at I'm serving unseen I'm being faithful I'm keeping a smile on my face my attitude is right but okay if David if God took David here in 15 years what can he do in my life in the next three man that's perspective Paul is in prison he's been beaten he's been hungry he's been starving And he writes his most joyous letter in shackles. And he says, my time is up. I now go to receive the crown of life. All my hardship is actually worth it. But unless I get in the word and unless I follow suit, I'm going to need to go check out another YouTube uh, soundbite. I need another Facebook inspirational. I need another worship song. No, no, no. All that's good. What you need? What you need is you need to pray. You need to live by what God has shown you, and you need to obey, so that over time He can He can unroll unravel it in your life and bring it to pass. Bring it to pass. And, uh, I, you know, I, I'm speaking personally to myself because I got some things I desire. God has given you a vision of impact, growth, and significance. Receive that. And you have to understand that your God-given vision is locked up in your values. What do you value the most? What do you value the most? Do you, do you value the word of God? Do you value prayer? Do, do you value servanthood? What, what, do you, what do you value the most? I'd encourage you to value this the most. Put this at the top. This is what you value. Value it. If God tells us to go to Gaithersburg and start a church where no one is, we obey. If God tells you to quit your job, you obey. If God tells you to stay there, you obey. You obey. He can give you a vision. You know, Jesus gave a greater vision to his disciples after he, we're kind of getting out of Easter season. He gave a great vision to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. That was to to go and make more disciples, to go and reach people with the gospel of Jesus. Jesus. John 14, 12 through 14 puts it in context. He says this, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me to do anything in my name and I will do it. If you believe in me, you're going to be doing greater works. Now, the word greater here is not quality. So don't be surprised if you go to the ICU and someone you love is passing away and you lay your hand on them and and they don't make it. The word greater here is quantity, bigger, greater, more massive than me. Because in, in my flesh suit, I can only do so much. But when I go to heaven and send my Holy Spirit, I'll be able to multiply myself through you. That's what Jesus was saying, greater. And I'll do anything that you ask me to do. We have vision here. Jesus has given us a great vision as a church. And number one, what I want to talk about real quick for the next 10 minutes, is God has given us a vision for more changed lives. More changed lives. More changed lives. We've had 25 salvations thus far in less than six months. Yeah, that means that people are when they pass away, they're going to enter into heaven. Their their eternities have been altered forever. We don't have to worry about that. Praise God. But that's the start. And we've had 10 baptisms, 10 people publicly declare their faith in Jesus Christ. So therefore, for our Sunday worship experiences, we want we want to have two effects. We we, we want well, not two effects, but two things. We want these times to be times of celebration. So when you come on a Sunday, you, you, you're free to worship God. Come as you are, dress as you are. You're free to have fun in church. You're, you're free to laugh, receive prayer and encouragement. We want it to be a celebration, a good time. But we also want Sundays to be a time of expectation. I believe Sundays, as a pastor, is the best day of the week. Not for football. Football sucks. It's guys running around in tights. Praise God for them. Sorry. Sorry, Abu. But, sorry. But um, Sundays are, are the best day of, of the week and, and expectation. I think Sundays should be the highlight of someone's week. And so people ought to come to church expecting God to speak to them, expecting to be healed, expecting to, to receive something that they haven't received throughout the week. So we want to see more changed lives. Therefore, we invite. Yep. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we invite. Yeah. Therefore, we invite. We've grown. Uh, I, th- I think this week may be a little, maybe an off week. I don't know the numbers. We're, we're averaging right at 100 right now, praise God. But we've grown. Yeah. But, you know, Jesus said in John 14, greater works... I've come to find out that the only types of people that don't want the church of Jesus to grow are those that don't love Jesus, they don't know Jesus, or they're the devil. Not them themselves, but the devil himself. People that don't love Jesus, they don't know Jesus or the devil. I can't wait to do this series. We're either going to do it this October or next October called The Real World and how there is a spiritual enemy out there. And Revelations has already judged him. The devil and his demons is one third of the heavenly host. They're going to end up in the fire, uh, the lake of fire and brimstone when Jesus finally judges the devil. But the devil has been behind all of the dysfunction in the world. He's the very reason why we have to work at the sweat of our brow today, sin his enticement. It's the reason why you have to work so hard to get your paycheck. But if you read Genesis, you see a loving God who gave you everything you ever needed at no cost. It's it's the devil. The devil doesn't want the church to grow. So that people can continue to remain in their dysfunction. Now my question is is this, if you are a Christian, who have you been inviting? Who have you been loving? Who have you stepped out on faith and said, hey, I'm not inviting you to church. I'm going to bring you to church. I'll pick you up. I'll meet you at your house. You have to come. You will experience life change. It's not going to be exercise. It's not going to be diet. It's not going to be fashion. It's not going to be money. It's going to be the community of Jesus Christ. The church is the answer to the world's issues, the church. So we invite to our Sunday worship experiences. Number one, I have a a vision for more leadership, more leadership. There are too many of you out there that are talented, gifted of God, and you're sitting on it. You're squandering it. More leadership, more influencers, there are too many of you out there, you're too smart, and you've been too quiet, you know too much, and you've been too reserved. More leadership. How can I lead when you're the guy with the mic? You can lead. You can lead. People need you to lead. Light groups. We have light group leaders. We we in, in our light groups, we uh we learn and we learn in rows, but we we come together in circles and we grow in our faith and we grow in our connections. Our light group leaders are constantly looking for new leaders. We're currently looking for fall semester leaders, someone that's going to host, someone that's not going to be afraid to say, I don't know everything about this thing, but I have a leader's guide from Chow and my pastor, and I got the Bible, and I went to church on Sunday. I know a little bit. Hey, guys, let's just get into the word. Someone needs you to lead them in growing in their faith. Leadership. And then those of you that are serving here, the Bible says that on the inside of you is the spirit that rose Jesus from the grave. Don't wait on your pastor. Don't wait on Bobby to pray for someone else. You can pray for someone else. You have the power to heal. You have the power to deliver. Leadership. Well, I'm a baby Christian. You're a leader. You have influence. More leadership. I see team, park parking team and and, and more small groups, and, and, and I, I, we, we don't have anyone to pray over the chairs in here. Who would like to lead that? We need to pray for people before they even get here. Yeah. Leadership, worship team, leading the way. Kids ministry, leadership, pouring into kids so that they would know God, so that they would know the good news of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Leadership, yes. well, I'm only an employee at work Monday through Friday. Great. You know the church has? You know what the church has an opportunity for you to lead. Like I told you earlier, I don't see a hundred. I see a hundred staff members, leaders. One of the greatest things my mentor taught me when I was 20, because I, I battle. I'm, I'm not a leader. I'm just learning the scripture. He said, you are a leader. I'm going to show you you're a leader. You're going to open up the church in prayer. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm just learning how to pray. And no, you're going you're gonna to open up the church in prayer. You know what it calls me to do? Because I knew it was coming next Sunday. I prayed Monday for an hour, Tuesday for an hour, Wednesday for an hour, Thursday, because the devil wasn't going to catch me slipping on my leadership opportunity. And that's what the devil been doing, catching us slipping. Mondays through Saturdays are great. But above all, you're a follower of Christ. You need to be a superhero and lead, lead. I see. So therefore, we get involved. More leaders. I'm going over time today, child, so we're good. Therefore, we get involved. You know, they say millennials aren't going to church, large in part, because there's nothing for them to do. Wow. They want to, they actually want to get to work. Your leader see a vision of more giving, more giving, more giving, more giving, more giving. And so we have our platform closing us out here in three minutes. Um, highlight the city. This is our outreach platform. Highlight the city. We we see it in two ways. Just kind of sharing the heart of this church. We give in two ways: our finances and foot soldiers. Um, we're approaching over $2,000 with Shady Grove Middle School um, for their Google Chromebooks. We've been able to purchase almost eight Google Chromebooks. They need 30 by the end of the year. I think we're going to hit our goal because, just to kind of let you know, I don't really have time. We can deal with this on another Sunday. Our giving has been increasing. We, we've, as a church, and I, I praise God for your giving and your faithfulness. We've, we've stepped from this average of 1,300 Now we're up in around the 2000 mark. So your giving has increased, and because of it, our giving to the school has increased. So we started out with a $500 check and another $500. Last month, we gave $660. This month, we're going to be able to give about $900 to the church because of your faithfulness. And it's just a start. We've been faithful in our serving with Family Services, Inc., We do three things here at Highlight Church. People want to do all this other stuff. As we grow, we do more stuff, right? But we do three things. Worship experience, light groups, highlight the city, through partnerships. We're not going to create service quite yet. We will in the future. But we've been serving with Family Services, Inc., every other month. Starting May, we're going to go every month. Where we're sending five, six, ten, twenty, twenty-five, People to Serve with Family Services, Inc. They're the oldest outreach organization in Montgomery County, and they have so many service platforms, but they don't have enough volunteers. And so where the world sees a problem, the church is called to see an opportunity to be like Christ. So through partnerships, and we're currently in talks with Gaithersburg Help. Why these big overhead organizations? Because they have the furthest reach. They have the furthest reach. And if we're going to do greater, we got to partner with those that have a far reach. I don't know if you want to become a part of that, or I don't know if you're comfortable with serving for volunteer hours or or during holiday seasons two or three times a year. But I'd say in order to challenge your faith, in order to truly receive vision from God, start to create a day, a Saturday, once a month where you can serve with this church and with our partners so God can bless your life in a powerful way. We're also starting a mentorship program in the fall here at Shady Grove Middle School. Now, that's present. What I see in three years is I see us being the go-to organization for mentorship in the entire county. That's what I see. So we may start out with five mentors coming to the school throughout the week, but what I see is 500 dispersed throughout the county in three years. That's what I see. Okay, so that's faith, and I hope you see that for us. So what I need this summer, if you're interested, is I need a task force, be it of of counselors or administrators or teachers, or even if you just have a heart for students. Over the summer, I need to meet up with you three or four times to discuss how we're actually going to do this because Principal Wusu said that I want your church to create the mentorship program. What is God doing? He's opening up an opportunity for him to pour into us Create something from scratch and actually see the fruit of it in the years to come. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's going to be super cool. So, more giving, serving. If you're serving once a week here, step it up to twice. If, if you've been giving, praise God for your offering. But the Bible says that we serve a God that we can't outgive. So, if you've been given 10 bucks, step it up to 20. Church is all about money. I'm going to just go ahead and say this. We are. <laughs> can, can I? I what does that mean? We are about money because the more money, the further our reach. That's That's right. The more money, the more lives. Yeah. N- nothing operates on air. You don't. I don't. Wow. We're all about money because we're all about souls. Jesus even said it, tithe. Matthew 23, 23, if you don't believe me. it's Well, that's the law. No, no, no. Abraham gave to Melchizedek 10%. Abraham, by faith, was righteous with God. Abraham predates Moses. So don't give me that the tithe is just a law. And then Jesus says it in Matthew 23, 23. Tithe. Further outreach. Further outreach. Further outreach. We invest. I see more. I see more. Do you see more? More lives, more leadership. I want to see y'all flourishing. I I want to hear that people are calling you on a Wednesday because you developed such a strong prayer life and they knew that they could go to you. I want to hear that you're facilitating cookouts at your home. I want to hear that you're facilitating a small group. I want to hear that through your prayers, people received freedom from addiction I want to hear that through your marriage and your relationship, other marriages were healed. I want to hear that through your investment, people can now see further than they would have ever imagined through what you've invested into their hearts and into their lives. More, 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 more. Let's go ahead and pray. Then we're going to go home. Um, Praise God. Father, let's let's bow our heads. Lord, we love you. We give you all the glory and all the praise. Jesus, you're so good. This was a, a convicting Uh, message that you've given us today, God, but we're going to draw closer to you. God, we see more changed lives. We see see more giving. We see more leadership. We see those that we work with. They're, they're, They're seeking for something. We see those in our neighborhoods. They're empty. They're longing for something. And God, you've given us the answer. You've given us the good news, God. Give us the strength and the boldness to share who you are. Give us the boldness to invite them to a community that's going to love on them and that's going to serve them. Lord, you're just beginning at Highlight Church. Lord, and as we pray and as we walk by faith and as we obey, God, we pray that your kingdom come, your will be done. God, we want your will. We want your power. We want your might. God, give us vision, Lord. Give each person in this room vision, short-term and long-term vision, quarter- six months, a year, five years, 10 years. Give us vision that can only come from heaven. God, give us a burden for the things that breaks your heart. Give us a burden for the broken. Give us a burden for the sick. Help us to not just focus on us. And as we do that, Lord, fill us. Fill us, Lord, with vision. Give us foresight. Strengthen our faith. Give us a greater measure of faith. Help us to believe in you for greater. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity at Highlight Church. We thank you that we get to come before you to worship. We thank you that right now you're giving us vision. Right now you're fulfilling that vision. Father, we love you. We give you all the glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Praise God.